This experience is best with headphones. This is a program in partnership with Open and Clear Broadcasting. For more information and additional programs, visit us at openandclear.com. For any questions you would like us to focus on, comments about the show, inquiry about advertising with us, or just want someone to talk to, please visit us there at openandclear.com. Beware of false prophets, 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 which come to you in sheep's clothing. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into driver's temptation. But inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Let the trial of your faith work of patience. But let patience have her perfect work. Ye shall know them by their fruits. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea. Is Reverend Devon Divine a false prophet? For let not that man think that he shall Sent here to lead us astray. A doubting, double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice that he is exalted. Or is he a spiritual teacher who can guide us to the path of freedom? I'm Dr. Mark. Come with me and partake of his fruit of knowledge. And decide for yourself. Welcome to another episode of False Prophet. I'm Dr. Mark here with Reverend Devin Devine on January 30th. <laughs> Working this time now? Yeah. I, I wonder if we should say the same things or not. Yeah, I can't believe it's January 30th already. Wow. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh, time flies. I screwed the year up. Yeah. Uh, 2018 already, isn't it? Uh, wait, that's not what it's <laughs> That's so funny. Actually, I think that's funny because it kind of relates to what I was thinking about. Oh, yeah. Um, I had the weirdest dream last night, and I wanted to tell you. Mm. Um, I had this really weird, long, lucid dream <laughs> where I hung out with all the people that I used to hang out with, but I have like lost touch with over the time, you know? Oh. Yeah, it's really weird because it was in contrast to like on Facebook, everybody's fighting, and on the news, everybody's all mad at each other. And then I keep having these dreams where I'm like, yeah, and I'm trying to, like, reestablish connections and relationships with people. And I'm like, man, I wish I could go back and do it over again, you know, and, like, be friends mm. with the people I kind of have lost touch with and stuff, you know? Yeah. Hmm. It reminds me of a dream I, I had of being stuck in a house, in a good way, with everyone I was ever attracted to. It was nice. <laughs> yeah, we got a tray you joining I'm here with us today. Because babysitters. Star. Yeah, he's a cutie. 
So what what about it? What about that dream? I mean, what stood out to you? Well, I mean, it was interesting. Some of the people that were in the dream or people who, I don't know, like I got into like a Facebook argument or I posted something I shouldn't have. And like now I've kind of lost touch with them because I said something taboo or disagreed Mm. with them on Facebook. And I'm like, you know, what a stupid thing. But it's been making me think like the relationships that we have with people, you know, are we in a constant state of conflict or is there a way for us to like be friends? Because it seems like it's more of a choice. It's not like this natural or forceful event or something. Yeah. As much as we like to think every relationship is worthwhile (laughs) and, Mm -hmm. and that it is all beneficial. I mean, you can, you can find the benefit in it, you know, you just like that. You you have a falling out or something. You can use that properly uh, to kind of recognize the state of mind and what you believe. And in kind of like, why do you believe that that's a problem? And that there's a, actually a, a positive side to it. And it might be as simple, uh, there's various ways to think of it, but there might be as simple as... You know, you needed specific types of personalities in your life to kind of motivate you in a specific direction. And uh, now that you're in that space that you were motivated to, now that motivation isn't necessary anymore. And you need a different type of motivation. And, And usually, you know, when we compare ourselves with others naturally in relationships, we we establish a movement of sorts like an inspiration that naturally occurs so it happens a lot with relationships that uh, maybe the strong person was in our lives inspiring us to be strong for an example and then when we get strong now 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 we're both strong and we're kind of battling it out and and Mm. and so now it's time to move into a different field of inspiration um, ultimately, the idea is that everything and everything we do in life and every person we deal with is is a source of inspiration and that God is teaching us a, a lesson with it and whatever that might be that that very unique to each each individual lesson really. So you don't need to hang on to every person who enters your life and be friends with everyone and be on good terms with everyone. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> I wouldn't say no. Uh, I, you're talking to the uh, <laughs> the <laughs> the guy of I don't know the uh, heads. Oh, geez, all the time, and I had several people going around looking on Facebook and and then. And, I'm like, oh, this person's not friend with me anymore. And it's just, it wasn't even a product of a conversation at all. It's just, you know, don't deal with this guy anymore is kind of, uh, there was even, <laughs> there was even a stage in my time where I thought, found it necessary to almost burn bridges because I thought of oh, them yeah. as a source of support. And it was, it was more taking the step of recognizing that my support remains to be God only and that I don't need these sense of supports. But you don't need to destroy him either. Uh, but I was going through a stage that saw it helpful to do so and didn't really have to be in a gruesome, evil, or mean fashion or anything, but uh, I did find benefit to doing so. What kind of benefit? Uh, well, I mean, just to establish that trust in in God again. It's like if if that trust is there, that God has and is capable of absolutely anything and changing anything, any situation at all. Then, uh, you know, I I don't have to be concerned about where something is going or where how it's working out or even my life is working out. And so it was more of just while I thought I needed all these connections, especially while I was traveling, I needed to connect with people through Facebook and stuff and say, hey, I'm coming to town. Is there a place I could stay somewhere kind of thing? And uh, in as it got into the later years, it was almost as if uh, I, I 
it was a habit instead of actually turning to God in that sense. So I, I saw it necessary to, to discontinue some conversations with people in that sense that I only was doing it for support, you know. Mm -hmm. I find that like old friendships that I had and old relationships and stuff, they kind of keep me grounded in my identity of who I have been. Like if I see someone from yeah. high school, you know, they're like, oh, dude, remember this? Remember yeah. when we did all these things? And they, we always talk about how things were, you know, and it kind of brings me back down to that. But I, want, I yeah, feel like true. I should be loyal, you know, but it holds me back kind of. It definitely holds you back. It holds me back. Uh, but it, it has its place. Like, I see my parents on a daily basis now. And uh, yet they cannot see me as anything different than pretty much the last thing they saw me as. And uh, I'm still, you know, an, a child in their eyes. And, you know, I, I see this looking at my nieces and nephews that I saw grow up and everything. And, like, they're still two years old to me and you know the oldest is like 22 <laughs> now and yeah. you know it's like you're still a child i don't see an adult in you and it's funny <laughs> it's, it's we do hold kind of that definition of people and we hold them to that definition that we think we know someone but really we just you know are reusing old definitions and that's kind of where that sense of forgiveness is necessary in order to even perceive each other wholly, in order to uh, to find a new space, a new understanding of each other, is that you know, and and what better way to do that than to establish a new relationship? Um, but if if that's not possible, then it's a sense of forgiving or releasing and letting go of the other options, the other possibilities of of what seemed to be their personality years ago. And you might find that they're still somewhat of the same person, and uh, and yet they could be a totally different person. You might have this idea that someone was really this nasty person, and yet they grew up, and you haven't seen them for years, and they became this really holy person or something. And And you're too busy thinking, oh, they're a nasty person, to even see that they've changed, and they've become... You know, whatever they've become, you know. And I have, I have friends like that that I grew up with that were just awful people running around doing stuff. But then yeah. they grew up and they're really good guys, you know. Mm. But it's hard not to see that, like teenage brat, you know, running around graffitiing yeah. and breaking into stuff. And, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, man, I remember when you came to school drunk that time and blah blah blah. <laughs> we're not talking about Eric, are we? <laughs> <laughs> he seems like a good guy now. Yeah, so. business and stuff. Birthday was in Yeah, so if I want to look past, I don't know the, the foibles of youth or something, I have to forgive that and maybe even establish a new relationship in the current moment. Yeah, and even for you, really, because you're holding yourself to to that connection, like a link in that timeline. You're, you're keeping yourself, you know, pulling back instead of being able to fly, kind of metaphorically speaking. I can see how that would... Go ahead. That would benefit my relationships and my family a lot. Yeah. Like the, the tussles I've had with in-laws or like the argument I've had with my... You know, and just be able to... Even my own wife, you know, after knowing her for so many years, I have like this preconceived idea of who my wife is, but... It would benefit me if I could get a new relationship and kind of start fresh once in a while. But how do you do that? All right, well, how? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm dodging a stick right now. Okay, okay. Let's take that over there, please. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. So, uh, you know, it reminds me of uh, a conversation that happened with my family between friends on Facebook that are Course in Miracles students and everything. When I first started traveling, oh, yeah. it became this huge deal. You know, they thought I left the church and everything and and all this 
somehow it came up to the conversation that posts after posts after posts, message after message, and all this, all this writing as if, you know, somehow my family thought I read, you know, like, I don't know if it, <laughs> like, everybody should know that I don't read. Like, I do not really read until A Course in Miracles. There's a Facebook war going on. Yeah. Yeah, and so my family's having this whole big thing and a big spiel going on, and I, I, they think I'm a part of it, and they think I know today that what happened or not, and so it's like it's a never comes up in conversation. They tried to never bring up religion or anything, and uh, <laughs> it's like the main focus of my life, so it just seems like this big wall in between us uh, because they think something happened uh, on that they were dealing with other people having whatever conversation and you know I really wasn't a part of it so I really don't know and so I do have questions about it but uh, yeah. I, I do remember a couple I tried to read things I, I remember a couple things like my brother saying I'm not allowed in his son's life and and uh, my brother-in-law saying unconditional love is earned and and all this stuff, so uh, it didn't really. I, I I still don't remember. And after my death experience, as far as memory is concerned, is a little mm. more is a little faint. But as far as how you actually go about doing that, now forgiveness is kind of something you have to learn on your own, because we can d try and describe how to let go and and release ideas and everything and 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 uh, pretty much take a, a mindset as if that thing that you might specifically be trying to forgive or that person uh, quite literally never happened and that it, it's almost completely fresh new start, you know, scraping the slate. And uh, it, as far as the many different directions in which I've taken, uh, one being like recognizing the sensation of that pain you know you feel that pain when you you think of that problem and it has a pain in your body and uh, you just kind of locate where that is and it's almost as if you you're holding some tension there uh, because you know you think of that argument you had and you're like oh and somewhere just kind of a tension or something and to just recognize that, then you can kind of take a visual uh, perspective of this forgiveness as, as if you can see it in your body and, and, and maybe kind of spiritually grabbing that as if it's some sort of color. You're seeing this color orb and whatever really comes to mind. And, and you literally take it out. Just, not literally, but... Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's almost you know I picture my mind and my spirit body and stuff grabbing onto it and grabbing it and taking it and you know saying I don't need you anymore <laughs> I I you know <laughs> what's the words uh, I value my friendship or I value my relationship more than I value this more than I value you and just seeing yourself throwing it. <laughs> Just throw it out of this world, pretty much, and, and just see it go over the horizon, this colored orb. And, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of a way, a technique, if necessary. And yet, at the same time, other things I've done is just kind of just almost a begging in prayer, uh, wanting to forgive it and wanting to let it go. And it's, and then it comes, it, it, it erases a little bit and you, then you come it comes up to your memory again later on and you're like oh yeah I forgot about that and then because it's in your memory there's still more forgiving to be done with it it's like every time you can think about it it's still being used to build your personality and to build this situation that you're dealing with and it, it, it will no matter what if you can think about it if you can remember it you, it is somehow inhibiting the situation or, or benefiting the situation. It depends on, you know, how you're using it. So in that same sense of getting rid of it, those are ideas of getting rid of it. 
now to take a different perspective on on kind of forgiving now is a sense of how to use it differently you know i had a resistance to what this person was saying for an example well i don't really have a physical example but to have a resistance to what they're saying or how what happened what went down and to recognize that within you you had a resistance and it really doesn't matter what it is uh, it doesn't really matter what the topic was or the words used or anything but it's an indicator of that space within you where you feel that sense of resistance so then now the forgiveness isn't so much having to do with the situation or the words used or what happened but the, the forgiveness is more of a relaxing into that same trust like you relax that knowing that this has a reason that i don't see you know and it, it does come with this relaxation because it's almost as if the reason you resisted it was because you didn't trust where it was going or what it was used for or what it was needed. And regardless if it's going for a good way, good thing, or bad things, or beneficial, or helpful, or not, or anything like that, when you accept this sense of trust, you recognize that the negative thing never happened, but a positive thing happened. You know, a beneficial thing happened. That you, now you, you instead of trying to def, define it, as in that was bad, now you're not concerned about definition, and you're just allowing the world to be exactly as it is. And in the sense that accepting God's lesson for you, that and allowing that lesson to ultimately, really, that's what is attempting to be to be learned here in this big picture of the universe is that you know the son of god ultimately can be approving of you know everything in the same sense as it says that the bible saw it god saw it as good referred to everything in all time and all existence hey bud so i was having this conversation with my wife last night we <clears throat> We looked around and we've been trying to get a car. We found this really good car at a good price and a good deal. And we got our hopes up. We were really excited and then um, couldn't get it for reasons. And my wife was really let down and she's really bummed. And, and she gets in this position where she's like, man, why does God let stuff like this happen to us? And why does, you know, why do bad things, why do our hopes get up and then stuff happen? And I'm like, well, <clears throat> if you look at it like, well, maybe it's supposed to happen like this and something good will come out of it. Yeah, it's hard to see it now, <laughs> but it only is a negative experience because that's the way that you're perceiving it. Whereas in the future, now we get a better car at a better price, or the car that we thought we wanted is going to blow up or something. You know, yeah. from the future standpoint, we'll look back and be like, "Oh my gosh, we lucked out, man! That was a lemon." You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's but it's that's hard. definitely good. good. And that's a very helpful way to look at it, and ultimately, really, what it is. And, uh, that, yeah, we, we really don't know. And it's that trust that it's happening for our benefit instead of the assumption by our little mind, you know, this only seeing the next minute, you know, only seeing, well, I, it would have been great to have this. And then, you know, <laughs> instead, of, instead of God's like, it would be great to not have that, to have this, to have that, to have this and this and this, and going to that and reaching <laughs> that point. And it might even be as far as something as so, you know, you know, instead you live to be 147 instead of 47 and right. or something as as much as, yeah, that decision right there could have kept you from getting your doctorate instead of helping you reach it. You know, it could be something influencing such a great big decision in your life and you you have no idea, you know, and yet we could be asking for this tiny little thing. Oh, I, I want this car. Please, can I have this car? And ultimately, in God's right. eyes, you're saying, can I, you know, die at 47 and not get my doctorate and and have this car instead, you know? 
<laughs> it's it's a, if you knew those things were coming in in that direction, then yeah, it would not be fun to make that decision for that car. You'd be like, okay, never mind, don't want that car. So. Huh. Oh wait, yeah, that's gonna happen. No, no, no I don't want. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think it's because I've been through disappointment in situations so many times, and I've seen it work out for the better. That I can I can confidently tell my wife like don't worry I think something much better is gonna happen yeah, this is the course we're supposed good. to be on if we just trust it yeah beautiful I've never really thought about it in in terms of like relationships with people though but it makes I mean, it's a logical extension if someone comes into my life and I'm like oh I hate this guy or why yeah. is my boss such a jerk or something but I mean that's like anything else in life is it supposed to be there to teach us and lead us somewhere right yeah and you know it's not so much a concern about the future thinking that your relationships uh really won't be there because in the fifth dimension for an example is we all have come to a position that we accept uh who we are and then we recognize and and know each other on a higher greater fashion than having to do with our past or present or future and that we actually recognize this self where we are united and we're going to see each other and just see the magnificence and it won't have anything to do with our past uh, or anything or how we dealt with each other and it w it's just going to be i mean on <laughs> out, out of this world scale of love that is just outstanding I was talking to a girl this week, and she is a yoga instructor, and she went down to Bali for a few weeks to learn yoga from these Hindu teachers and stuff. Huh. And at one point, they stopped, stood in front of her and said, who are you? She's like, oh, well, I'm Christina. They're like, no, who are you? She's like, well, I'm, I don't know, I'm a Brazilian. They said, no, no, who are you? Not what do you do, what's your name, your titles, who are you? And eventually, she like has, you know, goes back and says, I'm a child of God or something, you know? And I thought it was interesting to lose all of these definitions and realize who you really are, you know, your connection to the source. Yeah. And if you could see that in everybody, I can see how that would happen. You have like this infinite amount of love and appreciation for people for who they are and not these titles that we throw around and stuff. Yeah. And to really see that sense of, you know, God's will through everyone. Mm -hmm. I and mean, this idea of being in court and everything, you know, God said, God made me do it. And all this ideas is, you know, it goes out, the whole thing gets mixed up because, well, God said and made everybody do everything because <laughs> God's will is, is what you are. And like, you are God's will. And even while it might seem to be in illusions and, or seem to be in truth, it doesn't really matter. Like the whole sense of what you believe you are, where, you know, every aspect of it sourced from the same one thing. So <laughs> you see in each other, you can just completely trust that, yeah, I might be seeing an illusionary world. I might be in, in some planet off in the distance seeming separate from God, but I can completely trust that the will for my brother is that same will that wants me to be happy and knows better than I do as well as like I'm resistant to it and I'm only mm -hmm. it's that's the only option am I going to go with it or am I going to resist it it does it does get difficult because you also like you know well how, how much am I supposed to act how am I supposed to do <laughs> because a lot of my acting and wanting to act upon things wants to resist it as well and so it's you, you got two options there and it takes some discernment to recognize you know can I be willing to go how can I be flowing with this and still adding my opinion kind of thing <laughs> I know when I start to get into that I start to think of well what's the right way of doing it? I don't want to do things wrong I want to do right how do I follow will and trust the right way yeah. and I was I was trying to explain to my wife the other day I'm like you know what if there is no right and wrong and I was I was talking to her buying this car we're, we're looking at buying a car <clears throat> and her 
say, do not get a lease under any circumstances. It's the absolute worst possible thing you could ever do in your entire life. <laughs> and when I look at a lease, I'm like, oh, actually, this lease is amazing for us, and we could do this and this and this, and I know how to read the contract. And so I was explaining to my wife, I'm like, for your parents, right is don't get a lease, and wrong is getting a lease. But for us, the lease gets us somewhere different that we want to go. So a lease isn't something that is right or is wrong. It's a tool. It's a thing. It's a pathway that we take. Yeah. And so when I, when I try to tell myself, what's the right way? I want to trust God. I want to do it right. I want to. It's like, well, there's not a right and wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's the only basis, really, of right and wrong is that people have, you know, we want to learn from other people's mistakes, kind of thing, and so we want to. Well, to survive or to be, you know, in their sense of happiness, uh, don't deal with these things. Don't do with this, you know, and, and yet right. and still continuously. Why is it that we all have to live it for ourselves still? You know, it's like there is a reason that we have to keep doing it for ourselves, not really and repeating history, as, as it said, and it, it happens naturally. That's true. <laughs> we find our course that we're destined to find anyway. Yeah. I, we will always have even just the tiniest different approach to it that will make it seem different and come out differently. Mm. Like, we think people say, oh, I've heard all this before. I've done all this before. And like, why are you mm. still alive? And there's something new here, a new perspective that you can find a sense of inspiration to to take with this all this old stuff there's some reason there's some purpose here to take all this old stuff and make something new out of it or or somehow find a new something or other and because if if you're still alive there's there is definitely a reason and a purpose to it there's a resentment or something we're holding on to in order to fulfill, learn, to grow. Yeah, I mean, that takes a different direction of understanding it. But yeah, we <laughs> we have to have an emptiness to grow into. Right? So there has mm. to be a separation in order to expand. I and mean, people try and describe this ever-expansive universe and mm -hmm. and yet attempt to say that it is whole and complete at the same time. And that, that doesn't make any sense to me uh, unless you divide it up in dimensional experiences. For in those different dimensions, they have totally different properties and laws to each and every one of them with a totally different perspective that is paradoxical to the others, you know, that the first is completely emptiness. The last is complete fullness and complete and all along the journey there has different variations of perceiving ultimately different angles and perspectives of that same one thing and so it makes every religion make sense to me and makes it all fit into some sort of perception some sort of place i was uh was talking to somebody about stephen hawking came out and he says you know all of the scientific phenomena of the universe have all been answered we used to they used to believe the sun, as it moved back and forth on the horizon during the year, was an actual being, a god, who would give light to the earth. And it was this mysticism. He says, but then we've proved. It's not a, it's not a god. It's a ball of fire. And then we say, oh, well, I feel yeah. spirit or something. And he's like, no, we've proven that. That's a, that's a neurological function. And so he goes on to say every religious phenomenon can be explained, and there is no god. It's definitive, he says. There is no god. There is no religion. It's all, it's all bunk. And I was talking to people who are religious, and they're like, oh, Stephen Hawking, oh, man, he's so full of crap. He's so wrong. He's wrong. His ideas are wrong. And I was like, well, but maybe. But maybe that's his perspective that he needs, and he's finding inspiration in what he sees, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's absolutely true. Uh, there is no God, and there is every single God definition anybody can think of. Right. Yeah. So when you look for God in the representation that there is no God, in other words, the third dimension. You're looking for a way to prove something that's impossible. So even if you find, and even if that being was a God, 
even if the sun was a god at one point, the collective consciousness in the decision to find the facts and the proof of that found that it was not a god. Okay, and so it became a more of a greater accepted belief. So in that same sense, that even if it was a god, now it's another dimension of that same was god, now is a ball of fire. So the facts in one dimension are a totally different situation in another. Does that make sense? If you think of it as, as all this spiritual energy and existence of densities and frequencies of movement of light and sound, that not being there being no God is the same thing as saying there is no body. I am no body. I don't exist. You know, it's the same. It's the same thing that there is no construct whatsoever that is this existence of Devon. And yet Devon mm -hmm. sits here in front of you talking and telling right. you all of this existence. So it, 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 you can see that a different dimensional perspective has a totally different laws and ideas. And in that, so in that sense, you know, in the physical world, you will, even if you find, let's say, even if you find God or this God particle, whatever, you find some sort of existence. Oh, there it is. The very next second, if not a few more, it will be something else. It will be something else. Technical difficulties. I'm giving the secrets of the universe away. And they, okay. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you get that? that? Like even if you have God there, even if I find God in some abstract form, it will become a physical form to be the representation that God is not there. That's the third dimensional proof that God doesn't exist. Like there, you will not be able to find God ever. Even if we go fly to Kolob and we find a being there, it will become a statue and of a different society, of a different thing, where it was never God and it was never this father in heaven of any sort, just to prove that it doesn't exist, just to prove that it was wrong. That's all the physical world is, is the representation that there is an, something different than the truth of God, the love of God. And that is this physical world. That's the whole thing. Yeah, and that's why science is just as true as any religion. That's why I would say I am an atheist just as much as I believe in every form of God. Because I believe in the third dimensional world in the same sense as believing in any other dimensional world and universe. So people talking about the yeah people talking about any form of god they are not talking about the physical world at all hmm. but when they try and make it out to be i mean i don't know let's not get into that <laughs> or we can but you gotta help me a little but it's interesting when you see people talking past each other you know, like, oh, the physical world says this, so obviously there's no God. Well, yes, but, you know, the spiritual world says this, so obviously there is a God. Yeah. But to take even, like, a higher perspective and say, well, all of it is God. Every experience that you're experiencing is the will of God manifest here, and it's all good. Yeah. Like, the atheist isn't some evil crook, and the, the, the religious guy is not just a, a dope fool. Like, it's all, it's all good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and each one will come to know each other. And that's something about the reincarnation aspect is that, you know, insisting that something is not true, that this is completely wrong and never will be right, uh, almost is what you're going to be living the truth of your next lifetime <laughs> so that you can experience that, that other side and find the acceptance of that other side. And it's like, oh, now, now only this is true and not that is true, you know. Like the, the complete <laughs> religious fool or whatever just becomes an atheist in the next lifetime. So they learn their perspective because it's ultimately that higher uh, a dimension of the soul's experience of what they are to learn. And eventually it will balance out. Eventually it will be the acceptance of all of it. And it's like, okay, yeah, the, this was acceptable in this lifetime. This was acceptable in this lifetime. Now, this lifetime, I'm going to have both kind of thing. It gets more complex, of course. But. I'm sure.
So if we learn to just accept it all in this life, can we avoid the habit of reincarnation then? Yeah, exactly. That's that's what the theory and the idea of accepting Christ is all about. That when you do accept Christ uh, for yourself, it's actually as yourself, then you are ultimately saved from that experience, as it's it's so mentioned in many varieties. Uh, we think that has to do with the physical form, but we don't realize that that physical being is a representation in the ninth dimension. That what we called Jesus is ultimately what we are and what we as a soul family become. <laughs> so in that sense is when you recognize that you are Jesus, getting out there, and you are everything and every possibility, and and you love it as yourself, and it, as if it is yourself because it is, and then you 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 will move it naturally beyond this only fourth dimensional perspective. So yeah, yes. <laughs> And as a human collective, is it, are we all just kind of raising past the fourth dimension eventually? Yeah, it's inevitable. It is a required course of our lives. Yep. And <laughs> even as those who have not received a body will eventually receive a body in the same sense. Yeah, like Kerry just mentions in the chat room, so the Nazi is the next Jew. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it gets, gets pretty complex, but uh, yeah, in a way, it, it, it naturally is the balance of this opposition universe that it is required. That's where the idea of karma comes from. When you insist that you're on one side of the scale, you will naturally have to experience either in this lifetime or the next or further down the line, you have to be accepting of the other side. And it all balances out. Yeah, I mean, it, we are, because of who we are, like we are the whole thing. We are everything. So if we're denying any aspect of ourselves, or even, if, let's say, it's only because we have a thought that it exists. And because it exists, then we, you know, are thinking we're objecting something. But we're just objecting a thought within ourselves that it exists. So we then naturally have to accept that at some point in life because we think of it as an existence within ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or else we're not accepting ourselves. We're not accepting the totality of what is belief about ourself. I mean, I ulti true, sorry. ultimately, it doesn't matter in this sense, and that's where the dimensional perspectives come into play is that only while we think of it as something is ne is it necessary for forgiveness. Only while we think of it as something is it necessary to find acceptance and loving. Eventually, because of the forgiveness and acceptance, we won't think of it as anything. I mean, we'll be so advanced, this idea of, you know, what the hell is a Nazi? What do you mean, Jew? You know, <laughs> <laughs> what, what is a, you know, I don't know what that is, you know, this idea doesn't even, concept doesn't even cross your mind. It's not even ability to, you know, to forgive. It's not even there to forgive anymore. The fact that it seems to exist, forgiveness is necessary. Acceptance is necessary. I was, I was hanging out with a friend of mine. We were at his dad's office. He's a doctor down in Provo somewhere. And when I was, I was walking to his office, I walked past this gated community. He has these nice little houses and this gated community. I thought, man, look at all these rich people living in this gated community and this house and stuff. And I'm like, that is a part of that. I will never get to experience something like that. Like, that is so far removed from me. I mean, that is enough. Like, I can't, I can't understand it. <clears throat> and I, I kind of marveled, like, what is it like? You know, I bet that's... And I had all these illusions, these ideas that I was creating about it. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing is about a, about a year later... I ended up working there at this gated community oh, that yeah. I thought was this pretty upscale gated community. It turned out it was a it was a prison. <laughs> it was a detention center for kids, and it was gated because they weren't allowed out. <laughs> and I, I spent funny. yeah, it was, <clears throat> it was a really funny thing. 
there's this treatment detention center kind of thing. And it looked like this really nice gated community from the outside. And I remember after working there for a whole year and I knew every inch of the place, the name of every person there, how everything functioned, and I knew it perfectly. I remember walking back out of it one day and standing in the same spot and looking back thinking, man, remember that time I, <laughs> I stood on the outside and looked in and I had this whole illusion of what I thought it to be. And then something drew me into it and showed me both sides of that coin in perfection. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That was... <laughs> I can see the whole universe just being that. Like, oh, you know, like I'm a Nazi and I hate Jews. And then being Jews and seeing all of it. Yeah. And seeing that it's all the will of God. It's all perfect. It's all, it exists. It's yeah. all part of this big plan of existence, you know? Yeah. And in we another... Do, we, we form these illusions. Yeah in another perspective is like that's how we kind of got into the physical world in the first place like we had this thought you know well hey you know what would it be like what would it be like to have our own will you know mm. you know what would it be like to be separate from god you know <laughs> and then you know that was the condition well it's going to suck here you go <laughs> <laughs> And it kind of gives us that variation. Uh, but then on another level from that same thing is where did that choice come from? You know, where did that will to experience this come from? And, and you know, God made me do it. <laughs> That's all I'm going to claim. I'm going to definitely claim insanity if anything happens to me. <laughs> it is interesting. Just being able to talk to you and see things from a different perspective that I wouldn't think about before. Even if I'm looking at my same religion, if I'm looking at all, you know, the religious beliefs I've always cultivated and I've grown up with, to be able to look at different sides of it and see these perspectives, it gives me, a, it enriches my understanding of it. It gives me a greater perspective and it makes more sense, I think. Yeah. It's all this learning process of the universe. It is. I. I. It's. It's nice, and it's a skill I have to try and look at things from a different angle, different perspective, uh, instead of just the natural, obvious one. You know, I go throughout my day sometimes just using the natural, obvious one, not concerned, not worried too much about any other one. I. I don't have to until I recognize. Oh, geez, I'm upset. You know, I got to look <laughs> at this differently. I guess, do I really want to be like this or do I want to take that other perspective? And, and mostly because I've trained myself and had the training from Holy Spirit and everything, is it capable for me to do that almost instantaneously? And it's like, oh yeah, here I am getting really frustrated again. And, you know, people don't see it happen because it's, it's almost like unless they notice the shutting down or the stop reacting and it suddenly comes into a peace of mind. And so it's a little harder to, you know, when you're not concerned about responding anymore. Yeah. So do you develop this from, from being able to trust in Holy Spirit then? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of variables and that's what's A Course in Miracles is so great about is that it has 365 lessons for a reason and a very large text uh, to kind of point out pretty much uh, the difference between thinking in separate concepts and separate ideas and thoughts of how separate bodies work together to this, well, if you're one, and one works together with one, and how one as one plus one is still one, and you know all these different variations of of kind of grasping that it does. It's the the purpose of it is to go from this split mind idea where you think of yourself as a separate entity, to recognizing that you and your mind is all part of that greater whole. It is a connection between the fourth mind to the first, the, f the fourth perspective dimension to the first dimension. So it's recognizing that Christum in all of this. So, yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean. And being able to apply that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 
and uh yeah i wouldn't <laughs> say that i you know became a master at it at all ever and uh yet and still working on the the entire existence the entire experience uh in in a way but i don't think of myself as a physical body anymore if i had to describe it even through my death experience i would say that i'm more in this spirit prison prison version of what the mormon church refers to uh instead of actually uh, still alive i only believe that i'm still alive that's the difference and i'm willingly doing it I I took a Buddhism class and it talked about Avalokiteshvara, where he transcended up into, you know, whatever, but then decided to be a bodhisattva and come back down and go down to the spirit prison willingly to be able to help other people down there and experience that. And, you know, you know, that that helps me understand a few things because I've had people call me a Buddhistafa and I'm like, well, okay. I mean, (laughs) I don't know exactly what that is as far as the term, (laughs) but. Yeah, and I definitely chose to come back, as I've mentioned before many times. It was, it was funny. I was at a, an institute class one time, of uh, an LDS class, and they were talking about Buddhism, and they were trying to explain what the idea of the Bodhisattva is. And they're like, so why, if you had already received your exaltation, would you ever go back? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I mean, don't Mormons teach about the three Nephites? Mm-hmm. Who, even though they... <clears throat> They'd receive their exaltation. They would stay back to help other people through compassion, you know? Yeah. And <clears throat> and even referring to that spirit prison, uh, if you die as a missionary, you would be a missionary there. And that's pretty much the sense of what happened to me, how I'd think of it, that I was on a mission of sorts. And even though it was a mission to transcend the world, uh, to, come, to come back doesn't exactly... doesn't exactly... Explain it entirely because I don't think I'm in the same place as I was. I mean, I'm in a different universe than I was before. However, the same memories uh, are still only in my mind. And anybody that, like you, for an example, uh, we can talk about our relationship in the past and and how we met in the fifth grade or something. And uh, only because I still retain those. Only because I have not forgiven those and and accepted that they really ultimately have never happened but that's you know it depends on which dimensional focus i want to be on that's interesting so it's like you're in the spirit prison but you don't view it as chains it's yeah. a choice yeah it, it's it's almost i like to describe it as when i look at those bars and i see them as bars i need to recognize that they're only rose bushes that I'm still hiding behind in the Garden of Eden, thinking I'm naked and guilty. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) And that's kind of, I don't know, one of the themes we've talked about today is if something good or bad happens, it's all perceptual. If you feel like you're a captive of this thing, it's only perceptual. Exactly, it is. And that's, uh, I don't know, did I talk to you about the, the movie Doctor Strange? Yeah, there's actually, you know, there's that new one that just came out, which is spectacular, just amazing. But then there was a cartoon one. Excuse me. A cartoon one I saw on Netflix, and it was is is much different. Not as advanced in dimensional travel, and it was more about how he first started his training as Doctor Strange and. There was actually, uh, you got to see it. But <laughs> he, he thought there was a wall in the way of him getting there. And he, the master told him to work on the wall. And so he thought he was trying to fix up this wall and working on it for months on end. And he, the master passed him one day and he's like, so can't, I, I believe I'm almost done with this wall. So can I come in and get some teaching yet or something i'm paraphrasing i don't remember exactly but uh the master just looked at him and said what wall and the wall disappeared (laughs) 
He's been working on it for months. And it's like, is he actually working on a physical wall or his reason to believe that he's not worthy of this and he's not accepting of it? He's not ready to move on and actually thinks that there's a physical manifestation of his barrier between them. Yeah. It's like when you're talking about the idea of forgiveness. If you retain any memory of it, you know, it holds you back. And it kind of adds new meaning to forgive and forget. Yeah. To be able to, like, forget the barriers that are holding us back and just remove them, you know, from our existence and let them go. Yeah. I and mean, we think that things can bother us from the past, and yet all it is is right in this moment, we're bothering ourselves by resisting that idea we're like oh i can't believe i did that i mean re i regret that i did that and acted that sort of way and all this stuff and 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 we think somehow it's noble to beat ourselves up and actually feel physical pain over that situation that years ago happened and instead of recognizing that you know we can be holy in this moment <laughs> Like we can recognize an, a sense of innocence in this moment that that has completely washed away all those ideas of the past. And the bars and the chains that we think are holding us from that, they're all choices. Yeah, it's a choice to believe. <laughs> Even oh. the spirit prison is a, a choice. Exactly. Oh, right when we're about to close up shop uh, I guess some digital issues going on great thank you Mark for joining yeah. with me thank you all for tuning in <laughs> I got a delay in my ear and I can't hear you unless these are in my ear so struggling <laughs> <laughs> and tripping out Whoa. okay thank you Mark ended so quickly thank you all and I believe up next is his voice from the real world ah. <laughs> I gotta end this I gotta end this talk to you next week Mark alright thank you